in September, it was actually September 6th, uh, in 1666 in London. Can you hear me? We on? Okay. In September 1666 in London, there was a fire that started at a bakery and it spread across a large part of the old city, the part that had originally been a, a Roman fort many years earlier. This fire didn't claim the lives of many people, thankfully, but it destroyed over 13,000 houses, 86 churches, and more, including uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, the damage by today's estimates did uh, about $1.7 billion uh, pounds worth of damage to the city. St. Paul's Cathedral, however, needed to be rebuilt, and you can see it here uh, in its, its glory. And uh, Christopher Wren was the architect who was commissioned to do this, a famous British architect. And uh, a couple of years into the project, he came and he saw three bricklayers who were at work on scaffolding. And as the story goes, he went to one of them and he said, what are you doing? And the first one said, well, I'm a bricklayer. I'm building a wall. He went to another one and he said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm working hard in order to feed my family. He went to the third one. And he said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm a cathedral builder. And I am building a great cathedral to the Almighty. There are many reasons to do the same thing. But each one is going to come with a different attitude. Each one's going to come with a different work ethic. And each one, believe it or not, is going to produce a different amount of joy. Today, we are interrupting our regularly scheduled program. Uh, we are uh, pausing on Ephesians. We'll get back to that next week because uh, today, uh, our text that we're going to be looking at, and, and there was a, a need for us to do this, but today, our text that we're going to be looking at, the, the bricklaying that we're talking about is giving. And why, specifically, why do we give? What is the point? Because there are many different reasons Many different reasons that people give, uh, many different ways that people do it, things like um, getting a tax write-off, or God tells me to give, or I want to participate in God's work, and these are all um, good reasons, but we want to talk about the, the big picture. We want to talk about the cathedral builder answer to why do we give. Now, some of you are probably thinking, I picked the wrong day to come to church. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. First of all, I don't do guilt trips, and that wouldn't work on you guys anyway. Second of all, um, somebody, I had lunch with a friend last week, and uh, he, he called me out on it, and he said, you know, uh, you really don't ever teach on giving. And he was right. Um, I, I, I looked back, and I think the last time we had specifically talked about it was about four years ago. And uh, he reminded me that this occupies such a significant place in people's lives, our, our finances do, that we need God's guidance in every area. And so I got called out on that, and I apologize. Um, 
I think the other, one of the other things is uh, I, I learned so much about giving from all of you that uh, you might hear, hear what we're looking at today and, and you already know that, but that's okay because we all need reminders sometimes. And maybe, just maybe, you will learn something new as we look at this bigger picture. But before we get into our texts, let's pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we ask that you would guide us. Holy Spirit, would you teach us with your word? Would you be at work in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I said we're going big picture, and I mean it. Because here is the question. What's the point of your life? What's the point of your life? Why are you here? There are lots and lots of answers that we could give to this, and there are lots of answers that you get as you um, think about it on your own, as you look at what people are saying in society. There are so many answers to this question. <clears throat> Things like, uh, what's the point of my life? Uh, the point of my life is to raise a family. The point of my life is to contribute to society. Some people will say, the point of my life is to have lots of fun. Some will say, the point of my life is to leave a lasting legacy. What is it someone said? Plant, plant trees, the shade of which uh, you will never know. <clears throat> well, 20 years before this London fire, there was a group of, of ministers and other uh, clergy, and they, they were called the, the Westminster uh, divines and they met. They had this Westminster assembly and they met at Westminster Abbey and they asked the same question What is the point of your life? They phrased it a little differently though. They, they asked the question and they said, What is the chief end of man? Why are we here? They looked at a few verses. They looked at uh, Romans 11:36, for example. Romans eleven thirty six, which says, For of him and through him and to him are all things. <clears throat> to him be glory forever. Amen. They looked at 1 Corinthians 10, 31, which says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Revelations 4, 11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. They asked the question, what is the point of my life? What is the point of anyone's life? And they looked at God's word, and they looked at these scriptures, and the answer they came up with is this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. This is what you were made for. This is the point of your life. Your point, the point of your existence, the, the goal of your life, the, the big goal is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. This is what you were made for. This is the thing that you will find the most satisfaction and the most lasting satisfaction and the kind of joy that can be a current that runs through every situation in your life. You were made to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You could think about it this way. 
Um, Donnie Price, I think he's out in the library on safety team right now. Donnie has this amazing guitar. If you've, you've never seen it or uh, you've never heard him talk about it, you know, just say, say, Donnie, I heard you have a nice guitar, and he will tell you about it. And it's, it's a classic. It's an old guitar, an old Martin. Beautiful, beautiful guitar. Now, here's the thing. This guitar is worth, you know, a fair amount of money. You can't get one just like it with the age and, and the way time has worked on it. It's the only one of its kind. You could take that guitar and you could put it in a case. You could keep it safe. You could lock it away. Maybe you could even go take it and you could put it in a museum where people are going to come and they're going to care for it. They're going to keep humidity just right. They're, they're going to keep the sunlight off of it. They're going to do all of those things. But that's not what the guitar was made for. It was made to be played. And when you play it, it makes a beautiful sound unlike any other guitar. You were made to glorify God. You can do other things. You can try other stuff. You, you can, can hide yourself in a case. You can go put yourself in a museum. You can do what, whatever that is. You can do all these other things. But you were made to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So the question is, how do I do that? How do I glorify God? How do I glorify God? If the cathedral builder answer to, to what is the point of my life is I'm here to glorify God, then what is the cathedral builder answer to how do I glorify God? I love the way uh, one pastor has, has put it, and I'll paraphrase him a little bit. You glorify God by treasuring Him above all else. You glorify God by enjoying Him forever. When we treasure Jesus above all else, that brings Him glory. That honors Him. Think about it this way. You, you, you go on a date, maybe it's your first date, and you go on a date, and, and what, are you, what are you doing for the date? You know, guys, you're, you're opening the door, you're pushing the chair in, you know, if it's a really good date, you're making googly eyes at each other. Everybody else in the restaurant is just kind of like, oh man, it must be a first date. <laughs> but what's happening as you're doing this? You, you could have done anything else at that time. You could have gone on a date with someone else. But, but what's going on in your heart is, I'm just so glad I'm here with you. And what you are doing is this whole time, what you're doing is you are treasuring the other person. You are treasuring them. You, you, you are putting them in a higher place in your life than anyone else in that moment. And you are treasuring them. And what that does is it glorifies them. It honors them. It speaks to their worth. And what happens while you're doing that is it actually increases your own joy. You're doing all of this and you love to do it. I mean, think about it. After you go on a really good date where you are treasuring each other so much, do you feel better or do you feel worse? <clears throat> Nobody comes home from an amazing date and then sits on the couch. And, How was it? Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> really? Yeah, we had, had the best time ever. Think I'm in love. 
No, you're, you're, you're lifted up. It, you feel lighter than air. You, you know, we talk about butterflies in your stomach, all this kind of thing. You feel an increase of joy by treasuring this other person. To glorify God is to do that. That's what it means to glorify God. It means to show Him as, as your treasure above all. To treasure Him above all else. That's what you are made for. And it's actually a command. Not because He needs it. He's not a narcissist. He doesn't need us treasuring Him. But He wants us to have the joy that comes from treasuring him. He wants us to have the joy of of living out what we were made to be. And so today, today, ask yourself, what do I treasure more than Jesus? What do I treasure more than Jesus? Do I treasure him more than my job? Do I treasure him more than my house? Do I treasure him more than my politics? And the way some people's Facebook pages are, you wouldn't know. Not you guys, other people. Do I treasure him more than my spouse? Do I treasure him more than my kids? Do I treasure him more than my car? Do I treasure him more than my health? Do I treasure him more than my comfort? more than my sleep, more than routine, more than my pride, more than achievement, more than sports, more than relaxation, more than my time, more than food, alcohol, power, sex, money. Do I treasure him more than all? Why do we give? For the joy of training our hearts to treasure Jesus more. Top level cathedral builder answer, that is it. Why do we give? For the joy of training our hearts to treasure Jesus more. Jesus told a very brief parable in Matthew 13. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys that field. Jesus is worth more than everything that you or I have. And even if it cost us everything that we have, he would be overwhelmingly, exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably worth it. He would be worth it. And there are are believers in other places in the country that have to make this choice every single day. Is Jesus worth more than my life? He is worth it. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? Sometimes, and especially right now, with with the, the, the way everything is happening, it can be hard to believe that. 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul 
cautions Timothy. He says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He's, he's saying that, and it's again in Hebrews. He's saying that because you and I will be tempted. If you're human, you and I will be tempted to love money more than Jesus. So how do we free ourselves from the love of money? And it's very simple. Use it to treasure Jesus. Use it to treasure Jesus. Use it to treasure Jesus in the way you care for your family. Use it to treasure Jesus in the way you care for your friends. Use it to treasure, uh, to treasure Jesus in the way you take care of those in need. Use it in the way you treasure Jesus to support worthy causes. Use it in the way you treasure Jesus to support our church. It's all his anyway. We're just stewards of it. Now, some people, again, not you guys, some people hear this kind of thing and they think, well, the church just wants my money. If that is you, give it somewhere else. I know, I know what situation we're in, and I'm telling you, if that's what's going through your mind, give it somewhere else. It is more important that you free your heart from the love of money. That is what is important. Some might hear this and, and hear Jesus' parable, and, and you might start having a conversation in your head. Oh, well, now I need to go and I need to get, get rid of. Is, is he saying I need, just need to give up every, all my money? No, that's not what I'm saying either. But what I am saying is that if Jesus asked you to, he would be worth it. He is worth it. And if you don't believe that, then you don't understand the depth of your sin and the depth of God's mercy. You know what, you know what mercy is, right? Mercy is that, that gut emotion, that reaction. You know, when you're driving and, and you're out and you see a scrawny little dog on the side of the road and it's like darting in the street and you're like, oh great, this thing's gonna get hit. I gotta, I gotta do something. That reaction that you have, that's, that's mercy. And maybe I'm not so merciful towards dogs anymore. I've reached that point where I don't always pick them up. I'm sorry, pet people. But that's mercy, that gut reaction, that I, I've got to do something. Only the difference is God didn't just happen to be driving by. We were the scrawniest little dogs on the street, and he came out looking for us. That is how far his mercy goes. And when we begin to understand the depths and the riches of God's mercy, then, then all of these other things that we treasure more than him, they begin to come in line. They begin to go into their proper place so that we can appreciate them. We can enjoy them. We, we can see them as they are, but they are subject always to Jesus. That's what Jesus meant when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and it's in my righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When you put Jesus first, when you treasure him above all, the other things begin falling in place. And actually, you can love each other, and you can love what God has given you better. You can love it better because you're not trying to derive your satisfaction from those things. You derive it from him and the joy that he provides as we treasure him. So there's another question that comes along when we're talking about giving, and that is, well, how much? How much do I give? How, where, where do I give it? All these kinds of things, but how much? Um, C.S. Lewis, 
I thought had a pretty good answer to this, and he, he said, uh, when it comes to how much, there are lots of different answers we can give, but um, one answer is we should give enough that we have to say no to something else. For you, that might be, I'm going to say no to a cup of coffee. It might be saying no to something else, but we should give enough that we have to say no to something else. Again, because what are we doing? We're training our hearts to treasure Jesus more. But I will tell you this, whatever, whatever that looks like for you, that is between you, God, and our office manager. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't want to know. That's, that is for you guys. But here's what I would say. It's not about the amount. It, it might be a couple of dollars and some pocket lint, and that is stretching your finances. And I want you to know that God sees your heart. He sees a heart that treasures him, and that is more valuable than a, than a child's artwork is to a parent. But I will say this. As you give, as I give, as, as we give, we need to remember it is a response to what God has given because Christ gave infinitely more for us on the cross. So, let us live in a way that shows that in every area of our lives, He is our life, He is our treasure, and He is our greatest joy. Let's pray. Jesus, You are our treasure. You are our treasure. Lord, more than our jobs, houses, politics, achievement, more than sleep, Lord, you are better than all of these things. God, I ask for each one of us here that we would treasure you more so that everything else can fall into place. Everything else can be an ordered love. Lord, would we treasure you more? Lord, for those of us that, that desire to show you that we treasure you more and, and we don't know how, would you speak to us? And for those of us who are in a situation where maybe it would not be wise, maybe we can't, Lord, would you help us to know that you are satisfied in us, not because of what we do, but because of the work of your son. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. You are good and you are worthy of all of our praise. As we continue in worship, would you increase our joy, Lord, as we treasure you now with our time and with our voices. And all God's people said, amen. Would you please stand?